Thanks for joining the Lequay Family Podcast today. We are continuing our chronological reading through the Bible, and today we get to finish the book of Exodus. So we'll be on chapters 39 and 40 in Exodus. We're on day 43. So let's get started with chapter 39 of Exodus. From the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn they made woven garments for ministering in the sanctuary. They also made sacred garments for Aaron, as the Lord commanded Moses. They made the ephod of gold, and of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and of finely twisted linen. They hammered out thin sheets of gold, and cut strands to be worked into the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, the work of skilled hands. They made shoulder pieces for the ephod which were attached to two of its corners so it could be fastened. Its skillfully woven waistband was like it, of one piece with the ephod and made with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and with finely twisted linen as the Lord commanded Moses. They mounted the onyx stones in gold filigree settings and engraved them like a seal with the names of the sons of Israel. Then they fastened them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel, as the Lord had commanded Moses. They fashioned the breastpiece, the work of a skilled craftsman. They made it like the ephod, of gold and of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and of finely twisted linen. It was square, a span long, and a span wide, and folded double. Then they mounted four rows of precious stones on it. The first row was carnelian, chrysolite, and beryl. The second row was turquoise, lapis, lazuli, and emerald. The third row was jacinth, agate, and amethyst. The fourth row was topaz, onyx, and jasper. They were mounted in gold filigree settings. There were twelve stones, one for each of the names of the sons of Israel, each engraved like a seal with the name of one of the twelve tribes. For the breastpiece, they made braided chains of pure gold like a rope. They made two gold filigree settings and two gold rings and fastened the rings to two of the corners of the breastpiece. They fastened the two gold chains to the rings at the corners of the breastpiece and the other ends of the chains to the two settings, attaching them to the shoulder pieces of the ephod at the front. They made two gold rings and attached them to the other two corners of the breastpiece on the inside edge next to the ephod. Then they made two more gold rings and attached them to the bottom of the shoulder pieces on the front of the ephod, close to the seam just above the waistband of the ephod. They tied the rings of the breastpiece to the rings of the ephod with blue cord, connecting it to the waistband so that the breastpiece would not swing out from the ephod as the Lord commanded Moses. They made the robe of the ephod entirely of blue cloth, the work of a weaver with an opening in the center of the robe like the opening of a collar, and a band around this opening so that it would not tear. They made pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen around the hem of the robe, and they made bells of pure gold and attached them around the hem between the pomegranates. The bells and the pomegranates alternated around the hem of the robe to be worn for ministering, as the Lord commanded Moses. For Aaron and his sons, they made tunics of fine linen, the work of a weaver, and the turban of fine linen, the linen caps, and the undergarments of finely twisted linen. The sash was made of finely twisted linen and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, the work of an embroiderer, as the Lord commanded Moses. 
They made the plate, the sacred emblem, out of pure gold and engraved on it like an inscription on a seal, Holy to the Lord. Then they fastened a blue cord to it to attach it to the turban, as the Lord commanded Moses. So all the work on the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, was completed. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord commanded Moses. Then they brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent and all its furnishings, its clasps, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases, the covering of ramskins dyed red, and the covering of another durable leather, and the shielding curtain, the Ark of the Covenant law with its poles and the atonement cover, the table with all its articles and the bread of the presence, the pure gold lampstand with its row of lamps and all its accessories, and the olive oil for the light the gold altar, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, and the curtain for the entrance to the tent, the bronze altar with its bronze grating, its poles and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, the curtains of the courtyard with its posts and bases, and the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the ropes and tent pegs for the courtyard, all the furnishings for the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and the woven garments worn for ministering in the sanctuary both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when serving as priests. The Israelites had done all the work just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses inspected the work and saw that they had done it just as the Lord had commanded. So Moses blessed them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, on the first day of the first month. Place the ark of the covenant law in it and shield the ark with the curtain. Bring in the table and set out what belongs on it. Then bring in the lampstand and set up its lamps. Place the gold altar of incense in front of the Ark of the Covenant Law and put the curtain at the entrance to the tabernacle. Place the altar of burnt offering in front of the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. Place the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Set up the courtyard around it and put the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard. Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it. Consecrate it and all its furnishings, and it will be holy. Then anoint the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils. Consecrate the altar, and it will be most holy. Anoint the basin and its stand and consecrate them. Bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance to the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Then dress Aaron in the sacred garments. Anoint him and consecrate him, so he may serve me as priest. Bring his sons and dress them in tunics. Anoint them just as you anointed their father, so they may serve me as priests. Their anointing will be to a priesthood that will continue throughout their generations. Moses did everything just as the Lord commanded him. So the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the first month in the second year. When Moses set up the tabernacle, he put the bases in place, erected the frames, inserted the crossbars, and set up the posts. Then he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering over the tent as the Lord commanded him. He took the tablets of the covenant law and placed them in the ark, attached the poles to the ark and put the atonement cover over it. Then he brought the ark into the tabernacle and hung the shielding curtain and shielded the ark of the covenant law as the Lord commanded him. Moses placed the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the curtain and set out the bread on it before the Lord as the Lord commanded him. He placed the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord as the Lord commanded him. 
Moses placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the curtain and burned fragrant incense on it as the Lord commanded him. Then he put up the curtain at the entrance to the tabernacle. He set the altar of burnt offering near the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and offered on it burnt offerings and grain offerings, as the Lord commanded him. He placed the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing, and Moses and Aaron and his sons used it to wash their hands and feet. They washed whenever they entered the tent of meeting or approached the altar, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and altar, and put up the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard, and so Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out, until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. There's such a sense of accomplishment here of the people actually being obedient to bring to God what belongs to God. And you know, in the past chapters, we read about how they brought more than what was needed, and they even had to be told to stop bringing um, what they were making to to furnish the tabernacle and to bring their gifts, and and that they had brought excess and more than what was needed. So it's uh, it's hard to imagine in our culture today that that there would be a time when pastors would tell people to stop bringing gifts to the church. But that was the case then, that the people were so obedient finally to bring their gifts to God. And here it says several times that Moses did just as God commanded, just as the Lord commanded him. And he was obedient and he did everything exactly as God commanded him. I'm reminded of Noah who did just what God commanded him to do. And the reward of that accomplishment of of completing what God has told you and instructed you to do. And there's a there's a, a feeling here that I I get of of accomplishment of having been obedient to what God said and following through with every detail of it. So I read just a little bit about the tabernacle from another author, Clarence Haynes Jr., which I don't really know who he is, but I found an article that he wrote about the tabernacle interesting, and one of the points that he made here is that the tabernacle signifies to us how God intends to dwell with us, and what a great thought that God wants to dwell with us all the time, and he referenced a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians three sixteen and 17, it talks about how we are God's temple, how God's spirit dwells in our midst, and together we are that temple where God's spirit dwells. And we see that example here in the, tab- in the tabernacle, how God's spirit came down. And what a blessing 
you know, to follow up with that idea of that Moses and the Israelites, that they were obedient, that they did exactly what God had commanded them to do. And the result was that God dwelled with them, that God was there in their midst among them, and that he was dwelling right there with them. What a blessing that is, that when we're obedient to God, that he dwells with us. Hebrews 9, 13 and 14 is the other verse that was mentioned here, and it talks about how the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer are sprinkled on those who are unclean to sanctify them so that they are then outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death? so that we may serve the living God. So the cleansing that comes in the tabernacle, the cleansing that Moses and Aaron and Aaron's sons went through in order to approach God and approach the tabernacle, you know, the the foreshadowing of Christ's death on the cross and how we would be cleansed through the blood of Christ and through the sacrifice of Christ and how that is able to cleanse us of our unrighteousness and then allow us to be able to come into God's presence and into his holiness by being cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ. What an amazing picture and representation of how God is so holy, how he is so set apart, how he is so beautiful, how he is the fulfillment of the law. So we have the the tablets that have the law inside this beautiful Ark of the Covenant with the wings of the angels, the cherubim covering it, and it's placed into this most holy place where only the priests who have been cleansed and who've been set apart and who have set apart their lives for service to God, that they're the only ones that can go and that can access that, that can access that righteousness and that holiness of God, and that they have to be cleansed in order to be able to access that. But that through the blood of Jesus Christ, that we too can be cleansed, and that we can then have access to the holiness and the righteousness of God, and that He then will dwell with us. What an amazing thing it is. I pray that this passage of scripture will just come alive in your heart and your mind today and that you'll meditate on it and that it will bring you joy throughout the day, that it will be an encouragement to you and that you will know that God dwells with you, that if you have received and that if you have been cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to save you from your sins, that you've been cleansed and that you have the ability to come and have God dwell with you and that you'll be encouraged with that today. After I finished recording this, God brought to my mind Revelation 4. It's one of 4 and 5. These are two chapters that became especially meaningful to me after our church did a a series through Revelation studying the seven churches of the Revelation. And 
Chapters 4 and 5 are just so beautiful to me. In chapter 5 of Revelation, it starts with this question, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? And there was no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth who could open the scroll or even look inside of it. But then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. And it talks of Jesus as the lamb opening the scroll. And then they... And it, and it says, each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And I was reminded of the tabernacle and the incense that continually was lifting up this fragrant offering from the tabernacle to God. And that's symbolic of the prayers of the saints that are continually going up to God, that our prayers are to be continually offered up to God, just as the fragrant incense was continually offered up in the tabernacle. And they hear in Revelation 5, after Christ, the Lamb, opened the scroll And the 24 elders fell down before him, and they had a harp. They were holding these golden bowls full of incense, the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. And then in the loud voice, many angels, thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000 encircle the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice saying, worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise and every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. It's an amazing thing that God wants to dwell with us, that he created us to be in his presence, that he loves us so much that he sent Jesus, the lamb that was worthy to take away our sin so that we might have access to the Holy of Holies, to the righteousness and holiness of God. It's amazing. Worship him today. The one who sits on the throne. The lamb who is worthy of all praise and honor and glory. To him be the praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever.